Daniel chapter 9 verse 26 is where I'm going for a text verse, but I'm going to expand that quite a bit. So I want to talk to you about so, some very, very, maybe, maybe it's the very heart of Christianity. The core of the reason for living for Christ. Excuse my terminology, but the very guts of the Christian life is what I want to address with you tonight real quickly. Daniel chapter 9 verse 26 says, After three score and two weeks, 62 weeks, shall Messiah be cut off, but not for himself. I want you to take a marker or a magic marker or something you mark your Bible with, if you do, and but not for himself. And the people of the prince shall come and destroy the city and a sanctuary, and the end of thereof shall be with a flood, and under the end of the war, desolation, determination. It's talking about two things. It's talking about 70 A.D. when the Romans came and destroyed Jerusalem. It's also talking about the future tribulation period at the Battle of Armageddon when they come. But the phrase I want to really pick up out of that is, but not for himself. There's an accusation that the Pharisees accused Jesus of when he was on the cross. He said he saved others. Himself he cannot save. He saved others. Himself he cannot save. They didn't realize how right they were. I preach a whole message on that. Himself he cannot save. It's very similar to this, but not for him, not of himself. Found in this phrase is the answer to the whole array of problems you and I may suffer through this Christian life. A lack of loving spirit or a lack of kindness, lack of patience, lack of long-suffering, lack of zeal, possibly lack of zeal for the Bible, the church, the lost, missions, outreach, prayer, intercession, and others. It's all wrapped up in this little phrase, but not for himself. And if and when a person grasps, I believe, this encompassing phrase, the depth of it, the width of it, the breadth of it, this little four-word phrase, all things in your life will begin to gel and make sense. It is when that the peace of God will flood your life. It is, it is then that the joy that God really wants us to have will come. It is then that you'll have a spell once in a while of joy. It is then that the burdens of this life, overwhelming burdens, will lift. It is then that your mind will begin to feel some relief. It is then that you'll sleep like a baby through the worst of the crisis around you. It is then that laughter you have will be like the laughter of a three-year-old when he sees his banana. Troy used to love bananas. I don't know why. But one thing, if you wanted Troy to do something, you'd go get a banana and you'd say, if you do that, you have a banana. He's about two or three years old. And what I used to love is I would, I would hide the banana and pretty soon I'd pull it out like that and he would go into a deep laughter that only a two and three year old can really duplicate. It, it, it's so pure. And I got thinking through the years about that, about how children have such a pure laugh about them at a certain age. That if you met Michael the archangel and Gabriel... They're more like that two- and three-year-old child than they are like us. 
Oh, they're, they're mighty in power and intellect, no doubt about it. But they have that purity of the two and three-year-old. They got that undefiled, no guile spirit about them. Because I said just this morning, Jesus said, as if you become as a child, get converted and become a child, you're not going to see it. So our big old important self-importance and sophistication and all that stuff's going to be gone. Kids do not have sophistication. They just don't. They just don't. This little phrase, but not for himself. 300 years earlier, Isaiah painted a picture with the words and scene, yet not yet enacted at Calvary. In Isaiah chapter 52, verse 14, he says, As many were, as many were astonied at thee, his visage was so marred more than any man, and his form more than the sons of man. They described Jesus over 700 years, by the way, before it happened. Isaiah chapter 53, the next chapter after 52, that's big, huh? that's deep theology. The forbidden chapter of the Jews. By the way, if you meet a Jew and ask him, have you read Isaiah 53? It's the Old Testament, it's the Old Testament Bible. Isaiah 53, they, will, they have not read it, they're forbidden to read it. Because it describes, as no other place I've seen in the Old Testament, the Christ and what he's come for in the crucifixion and what went on there. Unbelievable, unbelievable how accurate it is. It's amazing. Um, Isaiah describes his suffering servant, as he's called in Isaiah 53. He has no hard shell, but he's tender, no physical comeliness, no beauty, no attractiveness. Verse 2 says, For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, as a root out of a dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness when we see him. There's no beauty that we should desire him. He had no popularity. He was despised and rejected. He had no happy spirit, really, because he was a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. Christ was that way. Why? Because he was totally focused. He did not come here for himself. He came here for you and for me. It was not, he was not here for himself, but for others. In Matthew chapter 8, in verse 20, it said, Jesus said unto them, The foxes have holes, and the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man hath not where to lay his head. Jesus borrowed almost everything. He borrowed a bed to lay his head, but his blood was his own. He borrowed the colt to ride into the city at the triumphant entry, but his sweat was his own. He borrowed the room to have his last supper with his disciples, but the back for the lash was his own. He borrowed some loaves and fishes to feed the hungry multitudes, but the crown of thorns was his own. He borrowed a boat to preach from, but the agony and the shame were his own. He borrowed a purple robe even to, that he wore, that Herod put on him. But the awful thirst he had was his own. He borrowed a grave to be buried in even after his death. But the cross that he bore was his own. He borrowed the sheets and the spices that they wrapped him in. But the beard that he had and was plucked out by them before that was his own. 
Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has not where to lay his head. But a few things were his own. The crown that he wore and the cross that he bore were his own. What could sustain and motivate such, such sacrifice? Only one thing. He did it for me and he did it for you. An overpowering love for you and me is what motivated the Lord of all that is to become man. Take a form of a servant made in the likeness of man and being formed. And I missed that verse this morning, didn't I? Right now I feel like Jim Not. I love you, Jimmy. I appreciate you. But I mean, he came as a servant. He came humble. The Bible says he came humble. He didn't come as a noble. He came as a carpenter's son, a working guy's son. No extra place, no fancy place to live. By the way, the Bible says in Galatians, in fullness of the time, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law. The time that God chose his son to come, they had no electricity. They had no dehumidifiers. They had no fans. No electricity. Hot. No running water. The Romans had running water, but that was for the elite. The average person had no running water. Think of life in a tropical climate right here in Florida without those things that I just mentioned. It'd, be, it'd tell you what, it'd depopulate real quick, real quickly. God came because he loves us. He did not come for himself. He was despised, but it wasn't for himself. He was rejected, but it wasn't for himself. He was grieved, but it wasn't for himself. He was wounded, but it wasn't for himself. He was bruised, but it wasn't for himself. He was scourged, but it wasn't for himself. He was beaten, but it wasn't for himself. He was blamed, but it wasn't for himself. He was oppressed, but it wasn't for himself. He was afflicted, but it wasn't for himself. He was silent, but it wasn't for himself. He was stricken, but it wasn't for himself. He was violently murdered, but it wasn't for himself. He was in travail of soul, but it wasn't for himself. None of these things were done for his benefit, but for your benefit. God so loved the world. You're the world. Put your name in there. God so loved Jim now that he gave his only begotten son. God so loved Bill Lytell. The scars in Jesus' hands, which, by the way, he <coughs> excuse me, has retained... <coughs> There won't be many things in heaven from this earth. But a few of them will be the scars in his hand and the scar in his side. That, that went to heaven from earth. There was a blaze in a home one day and a, a bystander heard the screams of the people inside the house as the smoke had blinded them, couldn't find the doorway. And a man passing by heard the scream of a young boy and ran into the house. You know how you put a wet cloth over your face best you can, take a big breath and run into the house. And amazingly, he located the child, was able to pull the child out. 
But the child's mom and dad, brothers and sisters, and everybody else in the house died. The child, later on, was the only one alive from his whole family, went up for adoption. And so it went to a court proceeding, and this nameless rescuer applied for the adoption of this young child that he had been led and God had allowed him to save. In, in the court, it's reported the judge asked the man what qualified him as a father because, boy, you adopt somebody, they put, it, they put you through it. What are you, how do you, what is it that you qualify? What makes you qualified to be this boy's father? The man didn't say a word. He just held his two scarred hands up that were, that were scarred by the flames that he went in the house and saved the boy. All he had to do was put his hands up. All Jesus has to do in heaven is put his hands up. Do you, does he love me? Look at his hands. Look at his hands. When you wonder if God loves you, look at Calvary. Look at his hands. Look at the thorn-crowned head. Look at his pierced side. Look, look at his nail-scarred feet. Look at the scars of, on his back from the scourging he took and the beating he took. Look at the life of poverty that he lived and utter selflessness, but not for himself. Once I realize the depth, in some degree at least, of the sacrifice for God that God did for me through Jesus Christ, it was not hard for me to give up what he was asking me to give up. God comes by your house and he wants you to do his will. Once you get born from above, all of a sudden, it's not about you, it's about him. But with the one asking you to give your life for him already gave his life for you. And it seemed reasonable to me that if God loved me so much to save me, the Bible says, I mean, stuff like he goes to prepare a place for me, that he cares enough about me that he's preparing a place in heaven for me. And you know what? You're going to like the color. You're going to, girls, you're going to like the way the layout is of the rooms. You're going to, because why? He knows you like no one knows you. He knows what you like. And he said he goes to prepare a place for you. I, I, I take that personal. He want to prepare a place for me, not, a, not prepare a place for Kathy that I got to live in like it is now. I don't know if you married men have the same dilemma I have, but about everything she likes, I don't. <laughs> Meaning, the color she likes is not my favorite. I have another favorite color. Uh, the food that she really likes, I really don't like. I have other food that I like. The, the, the way she wants to decor decorate the house is really not the way I would really decorate it. So you say, Brother Bill, you're the man of the house, so I suppose it's decorated exactly like you want it decorated. Wrong. But someday I'm going to dwell in a place that's decorated for me. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And I don't even know if she'll be welcome to visit. <laughs> she, she will. She won't want to visit. She says, I spent over 50 years with you, man. That was enough for all eternity. That's right. I like the song when I survey the wondrous cross. See from his head, his hands, his feet, sorrow and love flow mingled down. 
Did e'er such love and sorrow meet or thorns compose so rich a crown? Forbid it, Lord, that I should boast save in the death of Christ my God. All the vain things that charm me most, I sacrifice them to his blood. Love so amazing, so divine, demands my soul, my life, my all. When God comes by your house and you get born from above and he wants you to go to church, uh, he wants you to go to a local body of believers that he's saved, by the way. Who formed Gospel Baptist Church? Well, at the very heart and rudimentary, fundamental base of this church are born-again believers, and he saved you. No staff member, no... We may have been part of leading people to Christ, but we did not save you. God saved you. He made you aware uh, internally of the gospel and explained it with the Holy Spirit so you could be born from above. So every local church is a manifestation of his mercy and his grace, and he wants us to get together, and he wants us to organize, and he wants us to reach the lost world by the grace of God before it's too late. He wants us to go out into the neighborhoods and highways and compel them to come in. He wants us to go door to door and, and tell every, go into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Don't miss any of them. Go everywhere. He wants you to pass gospel tracts out. He wants you to go to nursing homes. He wants you to have a Christian school to where you're able to influence boys and girls for Christ. He wants you to do all these different ministries. He wants you to be part of the nursery program. He wants you to teach Sunday school if you can. He wants you to sing specials if you can. He wants you to do all these things for him, but it's, he's not asking too much of us. Because he demonstrated his love for us in such a great degree. Years ago when I was 18 years old, an 18 year old is a relatively selfish age. Teenagers and the teenage years are relatively selfish years. It's me, me, me. And at 18 years old, I saw Christ and him sacrificing himself for me. And I said, Lord, we're kind of like old... Isaiah, chapter 6, here am I, Lord. I don't have much. Would you send me? Would you use me for your service? I'll clean the church, and I have. I'll clean toilets, and I do. I'll fix, I'll paint, I'll maintenance, I'll do soul, whatever you want me to do, soul winning, all the spiritual part, I'll do whatever you want me to do. I am totally in. Why? Because I got some unique. No, there's nothing unique about me at all. I'm just an old junkyard dog saved by the grace of God. But I do understand he loves me. And nobody's loved me like Jesus has loved me. And nobody's loved you like Jesus has loved you. Nobody. Nobody's loved you like that. Nobody ever will love you like that. And his love demands my soul. It demands my life and my all. That's what we call in Christian circles dedication of your life. You get saved, that's one thing, but you dedicate your life when you realize what Christ has done for you and say, Lord, I'll do whatever. I'll trim bushes out here. I'll trim hedges out here. I'll, I'll trim weeds out here. I'll pull weeds and do whatever, you, whatever the grace, whatever it takes to make things better and, and to give a testimony of Christ, we'll do it. It's a beautiful thing. Beautiful thing. You're not being put upon to serve God. Messiah, the Bible says, should be cut off, but not for himself. Others, Lord, yes, others, let this my motto be, that when I live for others, I might live like thee. Let me live from day to day in such a self-forgetting way that even 
when I kneel to pray, my prayer might be for others. Others, Lord, yes, others. Let this my motto be. Father, we thank you tonight for the word of God. These little indications through scripture of your spirit's power preceding the time it happened, showing us that it only could be you to do that. Speaking of the crucifixion, Isaiah 52, 53, 700 years before the time. Only you could do that. Nobody could predict what's going to happen tomorrow, next week, and maybe they get close uh, in, in a time period like that. But if you give them a two, three-year period, they can't even get close. And yet you gave every exact detail of how the crucifixion was going to go. Christ was not given to that mob. He was not taken and crucified against his will. Everything in that whole setup of the week of the Passion was exactly according to plan. That he would give himself for our sins. Satisfy the justice of God that demanded death for sin. And the death of the Lord Jesus Christ himself substitutes for my death. And now I get to go free if I have simple childlike faith in him. Maybe you're here tonight with that. You've never trusted Christ, your personal Savior. You've never pulled the trigger on that thing, dropped the hammer on that. And said, I have asked Jesus verbally in prayer to save me and be my Savior. And I believe he is the Son of God. I believe he was resurrected from the dead. And what the Bible says about him. You may not know much of what the Bible says, but what you've heard and what you've seen, you know and believe. Oh, dear one, maybe the Holy Spirit's touching you tonight to be saved. Make that decision. Make it public. If you'll confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Father which is in heaven. I mentioned that this morning. That's so big. Have you confessed Christ publicly? Those verbal testimonies that we're getting ready to video, that's part of that. Confessing Christ publicly. It's a spiritual thing. It's, a, it's, a, it's an asset spiritually to be able to confess Jesus. Yes, I'm saved by the blood of Christ. Father, help us as a church. Encourage us in the way. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.